Man, William Devon had a good deal going on. He made like the same song like five different times, like five different ways. Like it was like early sort of almost sort of like Motown inspired. He might have even been on Motown. Like, you know, the the version that starts with bongos. And then he did like a kind of like mid-70s almost sort of soft rock version and then he did like a late 70s disco version and then obviously it was like re- it was sampled in like I think Ludacris sampled it uh, which which song be thankful for what you got oh you know what I'm talking about yeah which wait which Ludacris song samples that um I think it's called diamond in the back I Diamond think. in the back. Yeah, I think that's kicking the scene with the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, DJ Paul from Three Six Mafia produced that. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn dog. If I'm not mistaken. Wow. It's real. It's real authentic music before it got bad. Before the music. Uh died the all-time best version of that is do you remember a little uh known producer called bangladesh no bangladesh was his drop <laughs> i don't know he produced little wayne's a millie a millie a millie a millie that one uh-huh but he basically sold the same beat to like three different artists <laughs> including beyonce who's who had I'm a, a diva. I'm a I'm a, a diva. Little Wayne had a milli, a milli, a milli, yeah. a milli. It's the same beat. So he just, <laughs> just like tweaked it just slightly, and two major hits off of just one beat. He probably made in like ten minutes. It's all good. I mean, you can do that. Um, like New Yorker had this profile of Wendell Berry, and they were talking about how much he repeats himself, and it's like, dude, that motherfucker made a career of just repeating himself for 50 years. Yeah, there's some people that have their own standbys. I, I certainly do. Anytime I go back and listen to things, I'm like, man, I just say that a lot, don't I? Mm. But like Cornell West says like some combination of the same eight things, Wendell Berry, and I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying it's kind of like the Mexican restaurant approach where you got four ingredients mm. and you reinterpret them 60 different ways. Yep. And if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right, yeah. It's nobody's mad at a Mexican restaurant. Right. Um That said, we'll be playing the hits today. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Real authentic person. Real authentic person Mr. Real Authentic Person actually has an announcement he needs to make. Uh yes. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I just want to apologize for calling the ukrainian invasion wrong i did not i did not understand how many real authentic people there were in russia <laughs> i like Dang. the idea of him going to ukraine but like what what do you listen to my man what tell me what do you listen to uh, and he doesn't like he he for some reason he's heard our criticism and so he's like yeah like peasants they don't play the banjo and they don't you know listen they don't drink moonshine they listen to rap music so he's in ukraine in the donbass region and he's asking them what they listen to 
and they're like, just I listen to Doc Boggs, and he's like, <laughs> 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 um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, uh, how do you say, um, the um, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, IP stamper, um, <laughs> yeah, Roscoe Holcomb. Uh, yeah, Roscoe. Wow, my man, you listen to good. You listen to good music. You're a real authentic <laughs> person. We're gonna fight a war on your behalf. God damn it! It has been just a never-ending stream of the most. I don't even know. I, I, it's. I mean, it's just kind of stupid to call it the the take industry or whatever you want to call it now, but. The last 48 hours have produced some real inanities, some real gems, some real banalities, inanities. Um, truly. Sean Hannity's. Well, the thing that, um, so for future reference, if me in like 2043 is going through the back catalog and comes across this episode and is trying to piece together what the fuck I'm talking about, the Russia and the Russia invaded the Ukraine. Look, they're all territories now to me. They all get in. They all get definite articles. Um, we're we're all we're the Kentucky. Yeah, the France. It's all yeah. it's all a region, baby. There yeah. that was recently on an episode. You asked why is it called the Ukraine, and there was an article in my favorite section of the Atlantic, the ideas section, that said don't call it the Ukraine or something like that. Like why it's problematic to call it the Ukraine. It implies like Russian ownership of a specific like parcel of land, right? Yeah, is I guess the it, I, their argument was that it implies that it is a region and not a sovereign nation. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, the craziest the hell th- was that? <laughs> the craziest thing I saw, dude, was like, I guess like I didn't understand this. I don't know if this is real or not, but I saw this thing where like Russia, I like saw these posts coming through the TL last night. Like Russia took Chernobyl. Russia took Chernobyl. I was like, what the fuck? Who would take Chernobyl? Like, what is this? That's a net negative. (laughs) (laughs) That thing, like, I don't know if you know this, but like uh, plutonium and shit like that has like a nuclear half-life of like 6,000 years. Like, it shit ain't safe to be around still. Right. It's like capture the flag, but like capture the radioactive flag. Just like... God, <laughs> and then and then like it's like supposedly learned people were like, this is strategic because they're going to use it to supply nuclear. And it's like Chernobyl's not been running for like thirty years, twenty years, something like that, right? No, I thought it was completely abandoned. I thought it was like a whip site or something. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like nothing honorable is here. Turn away. <laughs> did you watch? Did you watch that miniseries? No, but I fuck with Jared Harris. I fucking love Jared Harris, but I didn't. I never watched that. There's like where they brought it. It's like if you know what we were joking the other day about like everybody's trying to like shoehorn the Russia Ukraine situation into their own individual beat. Yeah. Well, actually, we have a direct line if you watch Chernobyl or have watched Chernobyl because like the coal miners go in there like <laughs> naked. Like you just see. 
Like, you know, everybody's talking about, like, this is the golden age of dick on TV. It's like, really, they kind of kicked off with Chernobyl. A bunch of coal miners just slinging hog, <laughs> going in there nude to try to do cleanup. Because I guess the rationale being they had experience, you know, in dirty... Well, why did they need to take their clothes off? They're still going to get radioactive anyway. It's like... I don't. I forgot what the what the reason was in the show. We're but. going to need you to take off your pants. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Why? <laughs> Swing your uh, big hog. And there's like there's like a guy that's a holdout, and he's just like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like the guy at the gym that like lets everybody shower before he goes in. And ah, uh, y'all go ahead. I think I'm gonna get some shots up. Yeah. That'd be me. Are you not patriot, young comrade? <laughs> like, no, 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 it's not that. It's nothing. I, I love Soviet Union. It's like, I just, just not really feeling it. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> that show was fucking crazy, man. It's insane. All the like the radiation sickness and shit. That like, oh. That's... Well, and then I, and then I saw like Tommy Tuberville. Tommy Tuberville was like. The first, there's, there's, Tru- truly, everybody did weigh in then. <laughs> Every if, uh, single person. A former college football coach had undefeated season at Auburn weighed in. Everybody had to weigh in. Te- well, t- technically, Tommy is now a senator of the United States. Tommy Tuberville is a senator, and Louis C.K. is playing bits in Kiev on the eve of a of an invasion. That's. <laughs> In well, Russia, in, in Russia is trying to take back Chernobyl. You're <laughs> <laughs> trying to take back Chernobyl. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on here, dude? Well, it's funny because it's you know we were talking yesterday. It's like, man, what what is there to say about this? Like, we obviously don't know squadoosh about this or anything like that. But you did pluck one good lesson that I think is eternally true in most situations is that whatever you think pattern or trend of history or whatever sometimes things happen that you can just wad it up and throw it out there and this is certainly the case with not only putin's military strategy which is you know just seemingly caught even all the learned people on this topic off guard but also just the weird things like Cancelled comedian Louis C.K. playing <laughs> Kiev tonight. <laughs> like, why? why? <laughs> yeah, why like, just such a, just like such a fascinating detail in the Hieronymus Bosch tapestry of this whole thing. Just like you're looking, you know, you're looking at the triptych. You're like, in the corner, is that Louis C.K. doing? <laughs> I guess his flight did get canceled, but you know. Still, <laughs> I'd imagine probably pretty hard to get in there right about now. Yeah, I liked Tommy Tuberville's quote because Tommy Tuberville's quote was Russia's. I mean, this is the thing that the conservatives have all gone with. I know this from I just got back from the gym. Yeah, what is and the conservative line on this? The conservative line is that China kind of like hyped russia up come on man don't be a pussy don't be a bitch <laughs> so they, they get in there playing a little grab ass and make right. russia do this don't don't be a little bitch and um and you gonna let him talk to you that way <laughs> <laughs> there there's that um 
So they're saying that, and they're also saying that like Putin's trying to make Soviet the Russia communist again, the Soviet Union. But Tommy Tuberville actually had a very fascinating take on it. Tommy's he, take he, was he split for he split from the official line. <laughs> he split from the official line, the party line. Okay. Tommy Tuberville's take was that um, they the reason Trump the reason Putin is doing this is that Russia is a communist country. And he said he couldn't feed his people. He can't feed his people. I mean, like he kind of made it. It's like the way it was like worded. Like Tommy Tuberville thinks it's 1990 still. Yes, like the way it was worded though, it kind of made seem Putin. It kind of made it seem like Putin had resorted to communism in the way that a man will resort to theft if he can't feed his family. If like, he can't <laughs> feed his family, he's he's instituted. All he did was he got on the the, the big intercom in Russia and said, "Communism's back, baby." <laughs> And then all of a sudden, that created a whole new sets of norms and uh-huh. economic systems, etc. Yes. Yeah. Um, the funny thing about that, though, <laughs> the funny thing about like the people who constantly call Russia the Soviet Union, like they still think it's communist, and it's not just conservatives, because like plenty of liberals did this over the past couple years. Um, Oh yeah, Moscow Mitch, and they had like the hammer and sickle signage all over the shit for him. Exactly, like they they do it on both sides. The thing that just kills me is like, we destroyed the Soviet Union. I mean, I mean, like, why did they even want to win? Like, they clearly still want that enemy. You know what I mean? It's almost like they won, and they're and they're sour about it or something. They're sour apples that they fucking won. Like, what was the point of even taking them down if you think they're still there? Well, I think what they think is that most Americans are dumb. I don't believe this, but I think they think that most Americans are dumb and that they could just continue to just, like, kind of lean on those, like, sort of Red Scare tropes. Uh-huh. And it is, it is pretty successful if you just see how, like, Marxism and, like... Uh, all the bu- all the buzzwords du jour, you know, have such staying power in places like you know where Tuberville from, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and whatever. Uh huh. <clears throat> but it is like, uh, it is funny because I saw a lot of that take too, where it was like, uh, P- Putin, like in the in my boy's group chat here, and I don't know what to make of this. I'd be curious to see what you think about it if you saw this, but. Putin's got the itch, man. That's what we're talking about. He said, you can take the boy out of the KGB, but you can't take the KGB out of the boy. He's And you know what? Like this idea that Putin is like nostalgic for a lost empire, and he's trying to bring like the Soviet Union back or something. Have you seen that floating around? I have seen it, yeah. Yeah. What's I'm, your thought on it? I'm, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it kind of falls in the same category as some of these other just sort of like pop sociology pop history pop politics like takes so such as like putin's ego you know got us into you know what i mean like stuff like that like it's putin's uh, putin's uh white male privilege is is what's got us to that brought us to the brink right i think that like russia like pretty much every other modernized state has a pretty complex bureaucratic and technocratic system and i don't believe that like putin is so all-powerful that he is able to just say this is what we're gonna do and everybody's gonna do it like i assume this was probably arrived at with much deliberation within 
people in the Russian state, which makes it even more ridiculous that the United States haven't tried. I don't. I don't know. It. It seems to me like the U.S. is trying to portray him as someone who's unhinged, someone who is yes trying to launch World War Three and all these other things. When I think the reality is, I mean, he he seems like a bad person, just like everybody who pretty much leads a. It's a head of state. <laughs> as a head of state, right? But like, I guess what I'm saying is like. If that's what they're starting from, if that's the point they're starting from, I really have to question how much they give a shit about what happens in Ukraine. Because if they gave a shit, they would try to be finding some sort of diplomatic solution to this that ensures that there is a ceasefire or that this calms down. But they don't give a fuck. And the thing is, I, I really think the United States wants this. I know that, like, I hate this down, like, one of those... The CIA is behind everything, you know, everything in the world is reducible to the U.S. But this is a direct case where that is true because the United States and the CIA have been meddling in Ukraine for years. I mean, mm. the 2014 Euromaidan protest, whatever, that was that was a CIA Yeah, original. I forgot about Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, that was uh, right around the time when, well, not long after that, I don't think, when they were like, did the shit in Hong Kong, right? And it's like all this stuff that was made to kind of look like Patria Evita in Cuba, for example, is kind of along the same lines and that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's not, yeah, it's not outside the realm of possibility that there's that kind of, that level of meddling. The, the thing is that's so fucking nuts is that, so that basic situation, set of circumstances where the CIA was doing that, created this situation where like neo-nazis from the west were going over there and fighting in these like paramilitary groups against russia and against those like separatist states in the donbass or whatever right. and so you had this situation where they they were coming over there and fighting on behalf of this supposed like liberal democracy ukraine but do under doing it under the guise that Putin was attacking white supremacy, but like in the way all this yeah, shakes that, out, that, that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, it's like, like is Putin a liberal? I don't because you you, you can you can you can see you can see how I mean in the Americans I guess in the Ameri is he a Democrat I guess in the American sense because like that's you can a see good question. A, you can see America's Democrats doing some shit like that just like. Doing the most atrocious sh shit and saying, like, oh, this is in the name of, like, women's rights or, like, uh, yeah. equality or whatever, you know? And, and we do. Well, that's what, what they mean? are saying. Russia's saying this is, like, denazification or whatever. I mean, it's like, no. I, I, don't, I don't, it's weird. It's like they've attached all these weird virtue signals onto every aspect of it. But, like, the morals of it, I think the thing is, is that, like, in our social media-driven world, there has to be a right and a wrong here. You know what I'm saying? Because if, there, if that isn't the case, if it's all wrong, then, like, it's harder to get faves that way. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> so it's like you, gotta, you kind of got to, like, make these weird... Like, people whose politics that I generally... I think they say generally insightful things or whatever because they all felt compelled to weigh in on this. It produced some really wacky stuff. Some of it was just really like mindless and like um, aseptic, you know what I'm saying? But some of it yeah. was also at the same time like incredibly woke. 
stuff like the thing I sent you of someone being like, if you call it world war, you're not centering, you're centering the lives of white people or something. Yeah, it's like, oh, they don't call it, they don't, they only call it a world war when it's white people fighting. I'm like, Japanese people are white? That, <laughs> what? <laughs> no. There is a, there is some truth to that in the sense that like there were all these takes flying around. The, the fucking front page of Time magazine is like history's back or something like that. It's like there's been a war in Ethiopia going on for a while now, and a lot of right. people are dead. You know what I mean? Like it is yeah. true in the sense that like what gets considered like these epoch shifting like or shifting things, but I mean it generally uh, applies to like. Yeah, like the the NATO states and you know the world powers uh-huh. and stuff like that. I I don't necessarily think that's the domain of like like you could boil that down to a race thing though. I think that's a, maybe a bridge too far. But I get their point though that like we don't tend to to uh, put as much gravity when it's like you know people in Africa or Latin America or wherever like fighting these wars. Like that's like we treat them as disposable people. Completely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Um, the thing is, is like I think that the United States probably wants this to happen. And again, I don't really know much about any of this. I was going to kind of try to dodge it, honestly. I was going to try to see if we could do an entire episode. <laughs> just like, like just blissfully ignore it. <laughs> but the, the image of taking Chernobyl was too... It was too strong. It was too tempting. <laughs> Oh, man. (laughs) But I think that, like, this is probably bad for Europe, right? Because I guess there's all these, you know, resource concerns with Germany and the natural gas they get from pipelines, I guess, that go through there. I, I think that this definitely probably fucks with the balance of power in Europe in a way that probably makes them a little more dependent on America. So... Well, that's a huge gamble by Putin, right? Because it's like, I'm just talking about in terms of the Russian interest. I'm not talking about from a human rights perspective or what's right or what's wrong or anything. But, like, this seems like a a high-risk thing. And it seems like Putin is shrewd enough to, like, I, I had read some stuff. And you never know what's true or not because I, I don't. Anytime I read any Western reporting, particularly concerning Russia or China, I'm just like, you know, how do I rightly divide the word of truth here, you know? Uh Uh-huh. But, like, they were talking about how, like, you know, and I guess this is in line with, like, what the conservatives were saying about how, like, China was like, well, you know, we'll help you weather any sanctions by doing, you know, this thing or that thing, you know, whatever. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I've... You don't you don't tune into this program for 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 uh, you know geopolitical analysis, but I mean I can I can you know in my very limited understanding of things just kind of uh, we did have that episode on Soleimani and that was pretty dope that was pretty tight yeah yeah um, I, have you heard like I've I've also read things about like how the Saudis are kind of behind this in some ways too going back to joe biden um is refusing to to have an audience with uh muhammad bin salman because of the khashoggi murder or whatever but uh-huh. like at the same time biden's trying to like goose them up 
to like ramp up oil production because the midterms are coming up and gas prices are going through the roof. And Jesus, like, yeah, dude, and like yeah. Mohammed bin Salman is like refusing to like you know to do that. He's kind of like stifling it on purpose and colluding with the Russians or whatever because Biden wouldn't take his phone call, but like Putin would. And incredible. <laughs> It's just like, you know, it, it feels like to me, like, it, I mean, you, uh, and this could be the dumbest thing I've ever said, and if it is, I mean, please call me on it, uh, but it feels like you could do a lot, and of course, that's not our aim. Our aim is destabilization and Kissinger politics, but like, it seems like if you really just wanted to repair relationships in the Middle East, like, everybody hates the fucking Saudis, mostly, in the Gulf <laughs> States especially. <laughs> You Get your boys mean? together. Like, hey, let's put differences aside and let's stomp these motherfuckers out. Uh, yeah. It's like, listen, did we genocide two million of you? Yeah. Not no. Much to be said about that. We'll just take the royal family. Yeah, no, it's. Yeah. So. Well, I, I mean, I read this thing today that was interesting. Um, I remember the guy's name. But, I mean, the point he was making was that, um, <clears throat> like, U.S. policymakers don't ever see Russia as operating on the same principles of sort of realpolitik that we do. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, they, yeah. they see Russia as motivated by these, like, I don't know, like, primordial. Sort of like, just like these other whole set of values altogether, you know? Yeah, and that is the interesting thing, like, going back and... Um, looking at like the cuban missile crisis and like that the whole drama of that thing was i feel like it was khrushchev and kennedy just sort of realizing that it wasn't in either of their interests to nuke their respective societies off of the face of the planet and you know right. cuba got fucked in that pretty much um right. even by the soviet union they kind of the got, soviets turned their back on them. yeah I mean, they, yeah they kind of threw them under the bus um and uh but, like, that's the thing. Like, I think there was a sort of an ability on both sides of that thing to see the other as an actual human being. You know what I'm saying? This is like yeah. someone who um, is also constrained by the systems that they work in, but who at the end of the day doesn't want to see their society completely. <laughs> it's, it is true. It's like if there's no atheist in a foxhole, you really, like, there are no politics in like a nuclear holocaust situation. You kind of abandon that for like, okay, we have to exist. We need life. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like it is telling even that Fidel Castro, when Kennedy was assassinated, said it was like a great loss for like world peace. Right. And I don't know if he was just being diplomatic, but Castro doesn't seem like a guy that cared too much about being diplomatic. So I don't know. I think in some ways, like there was a. Um, and I'm not again. I'm not saying the Kennedys were good or anything, but I think that like when hubris and a number of other things take you to the brink of mutual annihilation, it starts to humanize everybody for you, no matter how awful you were to that point. Right. <clears throat> yeah. No. It's 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 weird. Um, unless you're the Joker, baby. Unless. <laughs> that some some men just want to see the world burn. <laughs> Um, the, the, I did read you mentioned like Western 
reporting on this. I did read a very fascinating thing in the New York Times Magazine, which I would normally be inclined to treat with a great deal of skepticism, but the way this article was framed, I thought you could you you could read between the lines and and be able to discern some things that were going on. So this reporter had gone into like Donetsk and Luhansk, like these separatist regions in eastern Ukraine or whatever. Yeah. And he was speaking with a lot of people there and a lot of people he interviewed and granted, I don't know if this is representative. I don't know if this was his own anti-communist bias. I think that probably it was. I think he was trying to portray their cause as to them like absurd and hopeless. But I, but I think that that framing is in itself revealing because the people he interviewed, most of them were like, life was much better under the Soviet Union. Most of these people disagreed with the, like 1992 independence vote, vote for independence um, from the Soviet Union, which was like the decisive vote in the dissolving, in the dissolution of the Soviet Union, like Ukraine voting for independence. So do you think that's where, like, the idea that Putin's nostalgic for the empire of old is kind of comes into play? Like, there's, like, some sort of residual resentment for Ukrainians wanting their own independence from the Soviet Union or whatever? Yeah, I don't know. It's weird, though, because, like, there's all these things where people try to, like, psychoanalyze them. Because I saw another thing where people were, like... (laughs) Including the State Department in 2008 when they said he had Asperger's. (laughs) When they said he was um, neurodivergent. Right, right, right. I mean, I don't know, but people, some people were saying that, like, the memory of World War II and being invaded through the Ukraine runs deep and all this stuff. And it's like, I don't, I think you guys are overthinking this. Like, I'm, I, if you're just looking this on, at this on the merits, like, Russia probably feels, whether rightly or wrongly, you know, this yeah. is a safe space. We can talk about our feelings here. We talk about right. if they're legit or not later. But I think they feel a little crowded in. I think they feel encroached upon and surrounded, basically. You've got these missiles in part of Ukraine. You've got, like, the CIA fomenting these sort of, like, you know, right-wing paramilitary um, uprisings, sort of, like, Mujahideen-style uprisings in Ukraine. Like, to them... <clears throat> they probably want a little more buffer, uh, yeah. and 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 there's also like the re, the um, the reality of like NATO expansion and all this other stuff. Now, whether that makes Putin's decision right or wrong, that's not for me to say. That's nah, that's not I, what that's no. Nah, we're not making a judgment call on that. Right. I. It's kind of like I never really understood Russia's interest in Syria, but it's kind of there's a little bit of that too because like Damascus and Moscow aren't that far apart, really. Right. So it's like from a from like a military like strategy standpoint, you can see how there's like some sort of benefits. But I'm not. And again, I'm not saying that's that's right. I, I think there's correct of them to do. But I'm just saying from their perspective, I think they see it that way. I think there's like a port there or something in like Tripoli, not the Libyan Tripoli, but the other one, the Syrian. <laughs> Anyways. um <laughs> I think there's a port there. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if it's on the sea. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. This this article is kind of interesting though because the people there, the, the people this reporter was talking to were like, "No, like life had meaning and purpose back then. Like, you know, life is shit now. Life is misery." And they see as a gamble in their own way, in their own probably misguided way sort of relying on the Russian state as having a bigger state and a bigger economy than the Ukrainian one as a way for them to maybe sort of get back some of that old glory, some of that old mojo. Um, 
and it's and that's what i meant the other day when i was saying like it kind of feels like all of us are just sort of walking around picking up like the detritus and like flotsam of history just like and they're all disconnected and they make no sense but like we're just trying to in some ways squeeze some sort of material or even philosophical or backwash (laughs) even the backwash drink after your buddy that spits a little too much in there and you get some of that in there (laughs) you get some dip in there man (laughs) yeah it's the backwash of history the backwash of history (laughs) that is true it's it's not it's not that history is returned it's that we've all been drinking the backwash for like 30 years (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, it is interesting. We were getting it in small amounts and just not knowing it. <laughs> and now we're all sick. We've got yeah. stomachs full of dip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Skull and Copenhagen and shit. Right. <laughs> but, but really, though, it is interesting that, like, across the board, wherever you go, really, there is no social movement that, like, has as its larger vision a futurist vision like every one of them even from like bernie and stuff was all looking back it was all looking back to a past glory time whereas like a hundred years ago like communism obviously like as interpreted and harnessed they were going to the moon dog literally yeah (laughs) like that's just not like and at a turn made us say well hell no yeah we have to go too I just thought that it was a very sad thing, just that, like, you know, these people had lived in this administrative state and society where they had most of their basic needs and shit taken care of. And um, obviously you're not going to see that much in their Western press, and that's why I thought it was interesting that it was in the New York Times. But I think it's because the the writer's framing was, like, was basically trying to show like how dumb they were, which it's not dumb. It's just a it's just a cynical calculation based on the fact that we're all pressed up against the fucking wall and we'll all make just about any decision at this point to get out of our situations. Our situation, you know, yeah. I mean, just take any lifeline available. I don't know. Yeah. It's but I mean, I don't but know. All I, those all those arguments about like you know the being nostalgic for empire and everything else or or. Uh, you know, or having like you know soured feelings on like invading to the Ukraine and all that kind of stuff, had echoes of cleaning up Daddy's mess. Yeah, remember when people used to say that about Bush because he yeah. did, Bush won because he didn't kill Saddam Hussein. <laughs> We're going to Iraq just so George W. Bush could clean up Daddy's or like get revenge for right. H. W. What? It's like, uh, uh. I mean, they're the thing about the the but dude i don't know it is it is i don't know it's so crazy i was thinking about this yesterday like there's a there's like a theory um call it a conspiracy theory if you want i just refer to i just prefer to call it a theory but there is a theory i don't believe in it personally there is a theory that 9-11 was sort of staged in an attempt to destroy like these I th- if I'm getting it correct, it was something like the promissory notes or like the IOUs from like the late 80s when Reagan and Bush had basically funded all of these clandestine operations to take down the USSR. Like a lot of it was housed in like one of the buildings of World Trade Center. And so they torched the motherfucker and all this. So like, I don't, it, there's a lot of assumptions there. But I think the general metaphor is something that is useful to apply to our times. Like, think about all of the things wrong with the world right now and, like, where they came from. A lot of them came from 
us taking down the Soviet Union. It wasn't a collapse. The United States actively pushed it over. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we had to frame it as a collapse. That way we could, like, discredit the system, right? Right, exactly. Right. If, if, if it was, like, us toppling them, you know, or whatever, it, uh, it had to collapse under the own, own weight of its, like, uselessness. Right. You know? When in reality they just got some dipshit at the, Gorbachev, at the head of state, who wasn't able to react, you know, adequately and r- quickly respond to all of that, and, and they threw him a Pizza Hut bag. <laughs> they threw him a bag of pizza. <laughs> Come on, man! <laughs> they put some pineapples on it. Like here you go, Mika. <laughs> yeah, it's a pineapple, motherfucker. If there ever right. was one. Um, but like a lot of things in our today, you know day and age can probably be traced back to that including this conflict in many ways including fucking 9-11 obviously but even covid i mean i don't know it's just i don't know it all comes out the same primordial lose man the backwash yes the backwash yeah (laughs) the detritus of history I don't know. It's it's uh, it's been quite a thing to see when like, you know, and and I'm not casting aspersions because God knows we've been we're wrong on a semi regular basis, but it is it is kind of funny to see like everybody like all the the people who like do this beat come up and say yeah we were like dead wrong and you got to admire it in a certain way but it's like. What was the what was the deal with that? That was interesting. Like I was, I think I, me and you were talking about it. It was weird. It was like a chorus of mea culpas and apologies, like about getting it wrong. And it's like, okay, first of all, I didn't even know. I guess I wasn't even playing paying close enough attention. We we barely even talked about this on the show. I feel like in the last couple yeah. months, it was just something. Now I was like, I don't really know anything about it. I mean, <laughs> like. But I didn't know that there had developed a kind of, like, blob sort of thought on it. You know, I didn't know so many people were invested in the idea of it definitely not happening. I don't know. I just, ever since the pandemic, I've been operating on the assumption that um, all predictions are off the table because what have we learned, people? You will be humbled. You will be humbled. At some point. Maybe not today. (laughs) Maybe not tomorrow. But at some juncture, yeah, never you will be humble. Yes, never make a prediction. What have we learned? Yeah, prognostication is a is a fool's fool's errand, <laughs> especially these days. <laughs> it's like, why do any of us do it right now when like literally any damn thing could happen? Man, it's it's just gambling. It's like it's just, it's like Putin. It's also gambling. It's like, man, if I hit big on this, if I get this right, I'm gonna look like a fucking dog. You know, a G man. I'm gonna look like an oracle. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> well, I don't really know much what else to say about it because I don't know a whole lot about it. And uh, it was very strange that it had immediately been sort of grafted on to like everybody's moral compass to where I saw people virtue signaling. Like, um, I I never really saw anybody say they supported Putin, but I saw people saying that if you support Putin, you're bad 
But like, I was like, who's doing that? Who's, who's the- yeah, supporting <laughs> Vladimir fucking Putin? But I guess there probably are. I don't know. I guess there's sh- probably streamers. There's, pr- I bet that's what it is, man. That goddamn Val. It's always the goddamn Putin, streamers. Yeah. <laughs> they always come up with these like, wait, like what? <clears throat> it is funny how like, uh, there is like sort of this split between like the podcast left. And like the streaming streamer left, left. <laughs> streaming left is a whole different thing, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, you're liable to hear any damn thing on there. Slobodan Milosevic was a, <laughs> was a brave revolutionary. That's what the, that's what the Valshin the boys was. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I wonder why that is, man. Is it just because maybe you? Does it go to your head a little bit? Maybe the fame goes to your head a little bit because, like, you're on video all the time, and you're like, well, I think something <laughs> that happens is is to the degree there is a take economy, and I hate to say things like that, but I feel like you got to get more and more out there, and it's just like gambling. Like, if you say something outlandish and you're right one time out of twenty, you look like a genius. Uh-huh. Because like it's like recency bias because nobody remembers the other nineteen times that you fucking screwed the pooch. But like, <laughs> if you're right on one batshit call, like everybody hails you as like, oh man, yeah, yeah you're right. I do want to know one thing in all this though. Is did anybody ever confirm if if Soldier Boy Talem really was <laughs> holding up the flag of the Donetsk <laughs> People's Republic, or is that a Photoshop? Because I could actually see that kind of being true because it, I could see, like, a bunch of, like, like the type of guys that would be part of, like, the Donbass separatist groups. Uh-huh. I could see them being into Soldier Boy and stuff like that. <laughs> um, Soldier Boy cranked that. Let's see. I don't know. I think it might have been Photoshop, man. I hate to break it to you. That's a disappointment. No. At least. No, I think this think it is true oh dude i think it is dog it's straight up i think it is true soldier boy about to tell him about the donuts people's republic well you know how like uh you know every once in a while you'll have some like international bad men pay like Nicki minaj like a 40 million dollars to come perform or something like that. Or maybe it's the saudis i can't remember <laughs> yeah like i think one year like fergie performed for like the azerbaijani like government or something like i don't yeah. know what, or cars kazakhstan or something like that <laughs> yeah yeah it was something like yeah and, and every yeah everyone ever so often you'll have like an artist <laughs> like Go perform for like a regime of like a quote unquote rogue state, and then they just get pilloried in the media for it. You know, it's a funny dilemma to be presented with. Like, I mean, it's a lot of money. Do you think anyone would notice? It's like they chopped up Khashoggi, but <laughs> goddamn, it's forty million dollars for an hour. <laughs> Your manager's uh, like, "Come on, no one will notice. Come on, let's just do it." You're like, I don't know. And then next thing you know, you didn't like you didn't even know like the Yemeni genocide was even a thing and now right. you're an apologist for it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. kind of so it, it pays you, I guess, if you're in show business to at least have a cursory knowledge of of uh, you know, who the baddies are and but the baddies uh-huh. are really everywhere, you know what I mean? If you're performing right. in the US or Israel too, I mean you're you're performing in the baddies. Um 
Uh, yeah. So Ukraine. Um, final thoughts, and then let's move on. I because I, I have, uh, nothing more to really say about this, and my eyes are bleeding, um, from reading so much about it. But final thoughts. Um, I don't think the U.S. gives a fuck what's about what's going on in Ukraine. They could have it one way or the other. They don't care. Um, I think. Well, maybe they do. Maybe they do have some sort of, like, territorial interest in Ukraine insofar as they want, like, you know, missiles, missile installations and bases and shit like that. But they I guess what I'm saying is they don't give a fuck about the civilians of Ukraine. And so for them to, um, or for any liberal for that matter, to be, you know, harping on some sort of, like, help the people of Ukraine bullshit is completely disingenuous. The same thing as kids at the border. Exactly. It's the same, same thing. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, any number of people that have are facing real nightmare circumstances, we only care so much that we can virtue <laughs> signal for some other aim, but it's masquerading as that concern for human rights. Exactly. Right. I just uh, don't know enough about, like, U.S. petro policy or energy policy to hazard a guess as to why we might have an interest in it right same um i do feel just from looking at what's happened that they in large part created the circumstances for if not even went so far as to provoke putin or you know at the very least created the circumstances for this to happen some sort of provocation and for them to turn around and act surprised, like, oh, my God. I mean, <clears throat> what's really crazy is they they, they basically called it down to almost the very day, so it makes them look legitimate, like they know what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? It's it just, yeah. there's just too many, like, open-ended questions in this, you know, as far as, <laughs> like, Putin's motivations and, like, how they fucking knew that this was going to happen and everything. So everybody is bad here folks i guess is what i'm saying did you um, see trump when he was addressing that crowd the other day after all this happened what did he say and he was talking about putin and he was like kind of praising putin a little bit and he was like and then we sit over here and we're gonna throw three dollars worth of sanctions at him and I, you know act like it's like you know what i mean and that's what we do you know what i mean like none of that like really hurts russia's bottom line at all but we have to do you know we don't want to commit militarily just yet but we have to like act like we're staying with the ukrainian people so we're gonna don't you do that putin right and here's yeah we're gonna hit you where it hurts right yeah <laughs> yeah um i don't know I, I yeah i think that it's pretty it seems pretty bad for everybody um and uh yeah, I don't know. Anyways, anything else to say about it? Um, I mean, no. Nah, I mean, I guess my takeaway is to support poor and working people wherever they may be, Ukraine, Russia, wherever, and that's really all you can say about it. <clears throat> I think that's a good way to look at it, my man. Um, that's a good way to look at it. Uh. And also, if they're in Letcher County, near specifically near Jenkins, Kentucky, where a company may mine Bitcoin. Uh, this was on the front page of the Mountain Eagle this week. Um, that's right. Get, Bitcoin's coming to Letcher County, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the detritus of history. <laughs> <laughs> this is funny because... 
I was like, I read that article last night about Wendell Berry in the New Yorker, which, by the way, just a snooze fest. Nothing there. I mean, it's just like at first, the the it's interesting. Like Wendell Berry, at first, I was like, at first, when I first encountered him, probably like ten years ago, I was probably like, oh, okay, this is cool. And then I went um, through a period where I was like, man, that shit's whack. Like you can't. You know, you can't leave the world. You can't abandon the world. It's impossible. You can't renounce the world and everything in it. And now I've kind of come full back, you know, circle back to like, well, maybe you can and should. <laughs> maybe you can. Not only can you, but you probably should. <laughs> no, um, there I've are cool. thought of that. Like Wendell Berry is like an escapist, but you're right. Yeah, there are cooler Luddites out there than Wendell Berry. Um, and he's fine. I don't really know much about him, to be honest. I've never really read him. You don't have any strong. I don't really have any strong or praise. For right, it. but I did read that article just because. Well, a I thought there might be some red meat in there, some content, and there wasn't. Like I said, snooze fest. But then it it did mention Whitesburg and stuff. So, yeah. bro, we're in the New York New Yorker this week. Hell yeah! <laughs> I thought it was gonna be us that was gonna bring Whitesburg to the New Yorker, but I guess I was wrong. They they beat us, Wendell beat us wind <laughs> <laughs> on the boys um but i did think it was kind of funny to think about trying to explain like wendell berry's like 83 or something like it would be a health risk if you tried to explain an nft to him a guy who's probably not set he's probably not ever been on a computer in his whole life if you tried to explain an NFT <laughs> or cryptocurrency he'd be like there's there's so much more you would have to explain to him dude yes like a guy dude so you know how there's those like, like react videos on youtube like and we're gonna get wendell berry to react to the board ape yacht club yeah like hey johnny knoxville welcome to jackass this week we're gonna tell wendell berry about nfts <laughs> and he just and there's just no planet where we we could like Come to any sort of like agreement on what those are. <laughs> That's hilarious. Welcome to Jackass. This week, we're telling Wendell Berry about crypto. <laughs> that would be a great save if, if Wendell Berry was a good enough sport to come on the program, which I don't know if he can do that because. Right. Is that a breaking of his no technology? Is that breaking critical? edge for him? Yeah, it might be breaking. I don't know. It would be funny if it's just like yeah. cryptocurrency NFTs. It's just reaction videos of Wendell Berry. And- <laughs> just like. So let me get this straight. There's People are selling paintings of monkeys for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And he's just like. Is just so reassured in his choice to just be mm-hmm. like a, this agrarian Luddite granddad. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> Let me read this article. A company has leased property at the Gateway Business Park in Jenkins. Finally, finally, in the 20 years since they built the goddamn thing, someone they finally, finally got a business <laughs> going in there. <laughs> Taylor Metal and Roofing's been lonely. For <laughs> only game in town up there. <laughs> right, the industrial park now has two tenants. 
<laughs> a sheet a sheet metal company <laughs> and a crypto <laughs> mining. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And there's a golf course beside it too, I should say that. Uh-huh. Um, Strange bedfellows. Lease property at the Gateway Business Park in Jenkins for a possible business related to the cryptocurrency Bitcoin. Biofuel mining and manufacturing will have 60 days before the lease runs out to put its final plans together for the facility. Biofuel mining was incorporated November 1st, 2021, with Wes Hamilton of Lexington and Brandon D. Smith of Hazard as partners. I swear to God, if you would have had a camera on my face when I read that sentence. Just like Brandon Smith, of course... Of co- I mean, the, the funny thing about our lives in this kind of like weird little milieu of like nonprofits and economic development and activism and all that, like, just like, it's kind of like a TV show, like characters, they disappear for some time and then they resurface again. They always reemerge, man. For those keeping last, uh, score at home that might not be immediately familiar with that name, Brandon Smith is our state senator that not only is, uh, as is per tradition with state senators, has multiple DUIs, but also <laughs> but also, was famous for saying that the temperature on Mars is the same as it is on Earth. Yeah, like, that's the last thing I heard from him. The last time I heard from old Brandon, oh, man, I wonder if he gets takes... Think what, I think what it was is he heard somewhere along the line that, like, Mars is the most similar... Like in terms of like the gases and atmosphere and stuff to Earth, uh-huh. and I think in his mind he just interpreted that as like, oh well, they're the same. They're the same temperature. I just thought about like a a, a potential like sixty minute segment about like uh, uh, all across the country, conservative men named Brandon are having to change their names to Brand or something yeah, like that, like Brad or something. Oh yeah, they've <laughs> let's go Brandon. Yeah, he could have been. Like, just what? like a victim of circumstance. Right. Like, what do you think? How do you think conservative men named Brandon are, are responding to that? That's so funny, though. <laughs> the, the, you know, the last time I checked in on him, yes, he was saying that the temperature on Mars was the temperature of Earth. And now he's resurfaced as a Bitcoin entrepreneur. He's he's kind of had his hand in various economic development stuff. Around, I think he had a hand in that, like... Um, the wood pellet, like biochar, um, that was going to happen in Hazard. I got, did, I, did it ever get off the ground? I don't think it did. No. Yeah. I. Yeah. He's. I don't even know if he's still. He's in been the... plugging away for some time, uh, mostly futilely, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> he takes a lot of L's. It's crazy. Um. Uh, let's see. Plans call for it to manufacture and repair computer products for the Bitcoin mining industry and to mine Bitcoin. The industry is a large electricity user and chose the Jenkins site because of its power and natural natural what? I really natural gas utilities. <laughs> Mayor Todd Dupree said. Uh, biofuel mining and manufacturing announced its first site in Martin County in November. Damn, I didn't know Brandon Smith was in on that. That's crazy. So is he also in with Edelin? Is I think it, what I think Edelin's angle is he's creating the solar farms that are going to power these power facilities. It, I see. So I think what he's thinking is like maybe I can make some money if I create some infrastructure that assuages concerns about crypto, which are that. 
and, and the reason they're getting ran out of places like the Northeast is because they fuck up, you know, uh, the, I mean, the power bills are through the roof and it fucks up people's power bills, like your neighbor's power bills by extension, but it also is just bad for climate, so. I see. Um, company officials said then that biofuel had a contract with Bitmain to repair application-specific integrated circuits, an essential component in the computers used to mine Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a currency that, it, dude, we are in for the dumbest shit imaginable. Can you, I can already fucking see this. Like, this is going to take off for a little bit. You know what I mean? Before it inevitably crashes, which it will. But it's going to take off. And I know we've joked about it in the past, but we really will literally see attempts by our local elected f officials to naturalize this as like from mining to mining. You know what I mean? As this kind of like. Dual. Well, they are. They're already starting that. Right. right it's right. like it, it's like uh, Bitcoin mining has zero in common with like coal mining, but they're already using it as sort of like a, a messaging tool. Like, right, well, you're already miners. Why don't you just come mine something different? And really, what dude, mining Bitcoin looks like is, dude, I guess, tending to a facility with a bunch of computers hooked into. No, it really is the perfect like teach them, like retrain them to code. It's like the perfect like smooth conduit to that destination. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like from mining to mining. Like, of course, it's already. I'm sure it's been insult in, inserted into hundreds if not thousands of grant applications at this point. But that is really what they're going for here. And it's like, it it like checks all the boxes on their economic development lists. It's like, it's perfect. What if, of course, of course it would, it would come here. I mean, it's perfect for exactly what they've been trying to do for 10 years now. Yeah. Um, uh, then it has a little explainer here. Bitcoin is a currency that exists only online. It is traded like stocks and can be used for purchases from some businesses and individuals or can be traded for real-world currency, such as U.S. dollars. Nations are increasingly regulating the currency because it is popular as a way to launder money and avoid taxes. But some people believe as regulations increase and the currency becomes safer, its value will increase. So, you so here's what I just want to say. <laughs> some people, in terms of... Uh, Eastern Kentucky economic transition. I'm sure this will be true in other places like West Virginia, Tennessee, Alabama, different places with struggling economies. What we're staking our future on is a volatile, immaterial asset that is, before now, has mostly been used by criminals. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Naysayer Tom Sexton. No, I'm not. I'm not. And I, I'm not. That's not a knock on criminals. I, I'm pro criminal. I think it's. I know I, this. Uh, I know what you're saying. It, it's, I'm it's just, just saying. It seems like it's going to be a tough <laughs> sale, like over the long term. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The, the U.S. began requiring more reporting of Bitcoin transactions last year. The currency is mined by high-speed computers that solve the otherwise unsolvable mathematical equations necessary to keep track of the currency online and keep it secure. The first computer to solve an equation gets the next chain of Bitcoin. As of 4.30 Tuesday afternoon, one Bitcoin was worth $37,944. or $37,944. I'm fucking dumb. I can't even read numbers. 
Bitcoin is just one of myriad cryptos that are traded on the internet and is the most valuable. Some of the other popular cryptocurrencies include Ethereum, Tether, Binance Coin, USDC, Cardano, Polkadot. Dogecoin value was rising rapidly after being promoted by Tesla and SpaceX CEO Elon Musk, but has since published plummeted. Anyways, the markets for the so-called altcoins took a big hit over the past two weeks as Russian troop buildups around Ukraine affected currency, stock, and commodities markets worldwide. God damn it. It's already fucking impeding economic development in Eastern Kentucky. I'd just like to say that to Mr. Putin. (laughs) It's like, sir, uh, by you doing this, you are ruining our just transition <laughs> to a bright future for Appalachia. <laughs> you don't know that, but you are. Dude, I saw just the downright goofiest shit. There was so much funny shit. I said I was done talking about it, but there was so much funny shit. One of my favorites was one was a, a tweet that said, Want to make Putin mad? Like, really, really, really mad? Replace your gas stoves, boilers, etc. with induction stoves, heat pumps, and insulation. Put up some solar panels. Campaign <laughs> like hell for your whole economy to do the same. You're welcome. I, 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 uh, <laughs> I, uh, all the poor and working people out there, just spend $20,000 to retrofit your home. That'll show him. <laughs> right. That'll show the son of a bitch. <laughs> you, like, hey, who is this for? Like, it's just like, so, yeah, some working Joe just like, I want to stick it to Putin, man. <laughs> I'm going, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to an induction stove, man. For, <laughs> I want that son of a bitch Putin to tell me what's what. Also, I love that. This state. would be like, this would be like a great, like, uh, the Kitchen Debates 2022 version. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's like Putin and like whoever that guy was. <laughs> You're right. Why does it not have gas fired stove? <laughs> we use induction, sir. <laughs> That's the wave of the future, and we're going to use it to strangle your economy <laughs> one household at a time. I love that statement, too. Campaign like hell for your whole economy to do the same. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to a campaign for my whole economy to get induction stoves. Okay. okay. I'm going to go to every house on my block and just knock on the door and say, listen, I'm here to campaign like hell for you to go to an induction stove. <laughs> and not just you, but the whole economy. But the whole economy. I suggest you go do the same. Holy shit. Fuck. Um this the whole thing is really high stakes and it's really scary. I mean because it seems like in the media they have made Putin seem like he is launching the next invasion of fucking like Poland or whatever. You know, it's like yes, okay. I know he did just invade <laughs> <laughs> a large part, you know, a large country, or whatever. But I guess what I'm saying is that, um, do they, are they, did, if they were so prepared for this, if they knew it was coming, did they have no diplomatic solutions worked out? Because, like, those motherfuckers got a lot of nukes. And I'm just yeah. not really keen on the whole idea of, like, two, you know, like, nuclear superpower. It's like, Getting in this situation where, like, there was... <laughs> Traditionally, uh, 
not the coziest relationship. <laughs> right. And just like portraying him as like, I don't know. I guess I'm just saying this because I saw a tweet that said, uh, someone said, my mom thinks Putin, Putin is going to take over Europe. What the fuck is cable news saying to people right now? And I'm just saying, like, I was just at the gym watching cable news, and it was about like that. It was pretty much that, like, he is moving to take over all of Europe. And anybody that, like, probably casts some doubts on that is they're probably casting as, like, a Neville Chamberlain-esque, like, figure. Right, right, appeasement thing. But the thing is, yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing, like, because if you say that, people try to be like, why are you defending Putin? And it's like... It's just, it's just... <laughs> well, well, one, we say that because we, we everything that happens in life, we have to compare it to the Holocaust for some reason. Right, right. That's one thing. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. But, but also, like, I, it seems to me like the United States played a very large role in, like, walking Putin up into this line, up to this line and basically daring him to jump over. And, yeah. like... You dared the one motherfucker who probably would do that. Why did you do that? What the fuck? Yeah. You know, and he's got a lot of nukes. Yeah. Like, this is just not a good... I'm just... This is not, this is not a good situation, to <laughs> say the least. And, like, a large percentage of the American voting population has just spent the last five years just ingesting hand over fist all of this, like, Putin tried to disrupt the election which if he did probably had a pretty good fucking reason for doing so because of what the cia was doing in ukraine in 2014 and 15 do you remember i think it was in gq or something like that but there was that piece about the putin youth camps no like maybe 10 10, 15 years ago early to mid 2000s i think is when it came out but they showed these pictures and you know who the hell knows like what the truth of all of it was but like they have been but there's been this like concerted campaign for some time whether right or wrong to cast him as like being in the mold of adolf hitler right there has been yeah like they that story literally called them putin youth camps where they were basically like bringing these kids to these camps and teaching them whatever and like anti-us propaganda or whatever and there was like one picture of like a bloody pig with a u.s flag wrapped around it and whatever whatever i don't know i and i I never knew what the truth of any of that was because he's kind of like gaddafi in the sense that at sometimes there's like this inflammatory very inflammatory image of him in the media and then other times like you know there's like he like he's kind of softened or whatever Uh you know what i mean and then he'll flare up again or whatever and it's like it's like this character that like the average American doesn't really know, like you know, what's like what makes him tick or anything like that necessarily, except right. for like what we're told. So, right, yeah, I don't really know anything about him. Um, I mean, it seems to me like his administration has done a whole fucking lot to like clamp down on people's freedom to say anything in public against him um but like that also happens in the united states in a different way right (laughs) um it's not like obviously like you don't have like the government's you know troopers out there like arresting you every time you protest a war but at the same time you actually do have them arresting you every time you go out and protest the war it more even more 
on a personal level than that, if your friend gets shot and killed by a cop and you go protest that nine times out of ten, you're probably going to wind up in a fucking jail cell yourself having the book thrown at you. So, I mean, we both live in extremely repressive Repressive societies, it seems like. Yeah. Um, It's like, yeah, maybe we're not poisoning journalists or whatever, like, you know, that's Putin's been accused of doing or whatever. But, like, we have our own repression and crackdown methods and ways of dealing with problem people. Exactly. Right. Um, All of which is to say that um, pretty much every episode on the past where we've tried to tease out the U.S. sort of intelligence states, like, fingerprints on something, whether it was from those groups in Michigan who tried to, quote-unquote, kidnap the Michigan governor or whatever, I mean, it seems like we've been generally... (laughs) Nine times out of ten... There's a cop in there embedded somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, like, I feel like, again, I feel like the U.S. probably, you know, did a whole lot of maneuvering, orchestrating behind the scenes to, like, walk Russia and Putin specifically up to this line and then dare him to cross it. And so, at that point, it's not just that Russia invaded Ukraine, it's that they did so under a certain set of circumstances that the U.S. and the West and NATO created. Um, but it's like, that, that's such a, a more, it's such a moving target, you know what I mean? That like, because then you're like, well, then who, like that is the thing, like the U.S. doesn't have like a strong man leader that you can't blame everything on. It's got we this damn, like. We damn sure done. <laughs> Not much of one. <laughs> that motherfucker's frail as a goddamn fucking house of popsicle sticks. Yeah. So it's hard to like point to one person like you know, like it is just point at Putin and say that. It's hard to point at one person and say, you know, this person is taking us to war. When in reality I mean it's a lot of different people and everything. It's yeah, a lot easier to do it when you've got like this sort of like ICX KGB guy that, you know, your whole life is <laughs> you've been told yeah, is this. He's like probably a, a psychopath. Oh, I no mean, doubt about it, but I'm saying, you know, it's, well, I shouldn't say no doubt about it. I just, we don't know, but. Well, that's, yeah, you're right. Joe I Brandon to see. is just, uh, <laughs> in this, any bad thing that's happened in the United States in the last 50 years, Joe Biden had his fingerprints on it, too. Exactly. He's uh, uh, fucking uh, the Crypt Keeper, you know. Right, 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 right. He doesn't have the vitality he once did, so it's hard to, like, be like, Hey, asshole. I mean, it's not hard. It's just that you know it's going to fall on deaf ears. Like, the right. guy's so out of it. They finally figured out a way to put someone at the centerpiece who is afflicted by no, you know, guilt or... Uh, not that Obama did, because Obama was probably a psychopath. They're all probably psychopaths. Yeah. But, like, nothing sticks to him. So you can't, like, shame him at a public event or anything, because... That's <laughs> just poor old man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Shit. Shit. Well, I got really nothing else. Um, what, uh, do you? Nah, I mean, I guess the other big story, maybe we should wait till I have Tanya back on to talk about this, is this the Texas anti-trans stuff. But, uh, I, you know, I want to give that the time it deserves. And it is. Tanya, and I think it's... Yeah, it's her wheelhouse. It's really um 
all of these things have been kind of been thrown into the blender for this week. And th- that that is so comprehensively, you know, comprehensively, comprehensively, Jesus, repulsive. I don't know. It just makes you sick, man. It's absolutely disgusting. Yeah, it's like uh, as motherfuckers like Greg Abbott make their whole public lives around. I'm going to come in there and stop government overreach. And then what do they do? They basically create spy networks and sanction state violence against children. (laughs) You know what I mean? I know. Now, these people are just bullies. I mean, that's the thing. Like, these are... I mean, you want to know who, like, Putin is? Like, in all honesty, Putin is probably a guy like Greg Abbott. And we have... The thing about America is we have, like a lot of fucking Putin's slash Greg Abbott's running shit. Like Whereas Russia has of them just in the right, Senate and governors. Right. <laughs> Russia probably has one Putin. We have, we have a fuckload of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least three in every state and sometimes more if you want to talk about Congress. But Yeah. I mean, yeah, or if you want to even bring up the Hitler comparison. I mean, like, which they like to bring up so much. It's just like, as a psychological profile... You would have to be operating on some kind of shit that Hitler was operating on to, to do something like that. To do something like that. To yeah. target an entire demographic of people, of your constituents, for not only you know, exclusion and containment, but eradication and liquidation. I mean this is this is fucked up shit, man. And uh and um yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll but, talk about it. Yeah. Well, one other thing I want to say before we leave is just sometimes you say something on a podcast and you make a mental note of it. But I, I was in no way advocating for the United States of America to launch an invasion on Saudi Arabia. I was just saying that <laughs> the Saudi royals are, to the degree that terrorism is, is real, I think it's mostly fake. You know what I mean? But to the degree that it's real, they are the world's largest state sponsor of that. <laughs> they did chop up Jamal Khashoggi. They're bad dudes. That's all I was trying to say. Just them launching. The world would be better without them, but I was not saying that. Not the country itself is what you're saying. You're just saying. Not the the people of Saudi Arabia, many of who are literal slaves. Right, Uh, right, exactly. Like the people who run it. Right, right. The people that run it. I just want to make that clarification, lest that somebody say we were advocating for... uh, U.S. invasion of Saudi Arabia. No. They're going to do it tomorrow. The tanks are going to get rolling, and Joe Biden's going to go on TV and say, Tom Sexton, this is what you wanted, right? <laughs> That's what you wanted. Oh, we're going to turn the pump on now. <laughs> Everybody's looking at you like, you motherfucker. I have a friend that, that says that corrects me on my Saudi ignorance frequently and is something of an expert on the Arab and Muslim worlds and and uh, she says that the Saudis are basically paper tigers and sort of like running short on their oil supplies, but they can't like act like that. And that part of the U.S. long game of our energy policy is to kind of like bleed them dry of their resources. Jesus, because, like, before we Saudi tap into oil. Yeah. Yeah. So certainly possible. Jesus Christ, dog. Yeah, the world is a really bad place. Um, it its badness is, well, I won't say all of it. 
I mean, you obviously the world is complex, but a large, large percentage, probably more than 75% of it, maybe? Nah. I'd say that badness probably comes from the U.S. empire and <laughs> what it does around <laughs> yeah, the world. Right, right. And honestly... And and honestly, the way that it operates is really, and and the imperatives on which it operates, are what inspire and naturalize the shit that goes on in Texas, like that law, like they're yeah. two parts of the same coin. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, we have a sort of like naturalized, you know, mili- militaristic logic that you know, influences governing in this country and especially at the state level. I mean, especially at the state level. I mean, look at what these states do with like prisons and stuff. Um, It's really no different than that. I don't know, man. States got to go. The the states, they got to go. States, abolish them, folks. I say abolish the states. People say abolish the Senate. Well, you could do that by abolishing the states. I don't know how, what would you re- we would replace would that, that with? You think if in an abolish the state situation, we would still keep the arbitrary lines and the sort of like micro nationalism that comes with supporting our sports teams and stuff like that, or do you think it's all got to go? I think you could still have that. I think you could still have like <laughs> we, a we would just be the Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we would be the Kentucky. I don't. Yeah, I think you could still have some of that. Um, but like a a deterritorialized, just you know, borderless mass. I don't know. I guess you do. You do need administrative units. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you don't. Uh, but the way that they're set up, Terrence, now, you heard it here. Terrence right <laughs> lobbying to bring viceroys back. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that was a good title. Let's just abolish Congress and, like, governors and senators and all that stuff, and every state gets a viceroy. If it's a viceroy. Yeah. That was a good title, man. Governor? That's just boring as fuck. Viceroy, though? Viceroy. I just think of that Star Wars Natalie Portman. Viceroy. Her her British accent and that shit sucks. It's pretty bad. It fooled me because I didn't know that she was American till that story about Jonathan Safran Foyer risking it all for her, even <laughs> she, when she was not into it a little bit. Uh-huh. That Jesus. and Moby having claimed to have dated her when she was underage. Just, yeah. Whatever you want to say about Natalie Portman, she's had to deal with some real some real winners. <laughs> Truly. Um before we go, I've been meaning to do this. I meant to do this on the last Patreon app. Um, Aaron's been on a few podcasts, and you have too. Do you want to plug one of those? Oh, yeah. we Aaron and I were on uh, the West Wing thing where we took a little journey into Hillary Clinton's master class and learned about negotiation, which, spoiler, uh, former <laughs> Klansman and avid segregationist Robert Byrd figures heavily. <laughs> really yeah (laughs) god does she like use him as an aspiring well i don't want to spoil it i guess you could go over to go listen uh... yeah go listen to the west wing thing i guess from last week 
before <clears throat> all this craziness started happening. I forgot Aaron found a Patreon page for the Ukrainian military. <laughs> For your recurring gift of $1,000 a month, you can provide the Ukrainian military with one Scud missile. <laughs> give that to us. We'll give, if we if I knew it missiles. was that easy to fund a paramilitary group, uh-huh. fuck. <laughs> Let a thousand paramilitary groups bloom. I just really I don't I don't advocate for that. I just want an excuse to ride around Whitesburg in some army fatigues with yeah, a yeah. bunch of meaningless medallions on my chest and right. Um motherfucker, I cannot find. Well, go to Aaron's Twitter page and you can find him there. Sorry, Aaron. I thought I bookmarked it, but the thing is the thing is, like, my bookmark tabs has now turned into, like, my likes tab, basically. On the old alt. I just lurk on the alt now. Because I like that the people I follow better on the alt than I do my regular account. I mean, I mean, never, I mean, I do like all of you people I follow on my regular account. Definitely nothing, I definitely don't have 90% of you mu- muted. <laughs> Um, all right well why don't you go over to the patreon www.patreon.com p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash trillbilly workers party help us get a scud missile help us let's run our numbers up so we can buy heavy artillery It's, it's also it's just like how can you do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? What would you do if you... <clears throat> what would you buy? I don't know if I'd buy a Scud missile. The thing is, the thing about a missile is you got to have some way to fire it. And I don't know if I want to... Sh- I don't know if I want to shell out, no pun intended, for the thing to fire the missile. You know? So, like... Right. So, I, maybe... If I were funding... If I were funding... Uh, a paramilitary organization or an army or something. I would I would give invest money in the uniforms because it's like <laughs> Deion Sanders said. If you look good, you play good, and if you play good, they pay good. <laughs> so that's what uh, I would do. That is the perfect answer, you know? I mean most people would be like, No, I want an F three fifteen or something. Or uh is that a truck? <laughs> <laughs> All right, an F three fifty is the is the big Ford Dually, I think. Yeah, the big one. Or a fighter jet. I don't. So you so you wouldn't focus on like amphibious tech. No, listen, no, no. That's or air not. tech. Also, I don't need that culpability of like I might have bought something that like took another human life, but a uniform never took anybody's life. You know. You know, yeah, you're right, dude. You just come through dripping. <laughs> now, people in uniform have certainly taken people's lives, but the uniform itself has not, not caused any deaths. <laughs> it's uh, unless it's whiplash. You know, you break your neck from looking at how how good the the boys look in that and girls, right? <laughs> and gender non-conforming yeah. people. 
Fucking rubbernecking. Tr- oh my god, is that Tom yeah. Sexton's army? Yeah, <laughs> that's how we. That's how we. Uh, that's how we do battle. <laughs> Everybody dies from rubbernecking us because we look so good. Right, they walk past each other, and like whoever turns their head like more gently wins. Doesn't snap their lumbar, their C seven lumbar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that's pretty good. We would all have the same haircut too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't you know a, what, what what we would go with right off the top, but you'd spend a lot of a, m- a lot of money getting haircuts for sure. Like that, you know. That's the thing. Like they just go, they just shave it. But no, like bring an actual barber in there, get them fucking edge you up. You know. Yeah. Doing all kinds of crazy ass designs in the hair in the side. Yeah, I'm thinking we would put like either the Dale Earnhardt number three or the Kentucky Wildcats logo in the back of everybody's head. That's what we'd do. With some razor straps on the side. Uh huh. It'd send a yeah. message. Uh huh, yeah. Draped up and draped out. Have some entertainers like kind of go, you know, like in Mad Max, that guy that played the guitar. Yeah. You could have. A procession of entertainers. Yeah. <laughs> Rapping specifically like 2005 Houston rap. Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you'll have like a, a guy that's just super jacked and plays a brass instrument like in Lost Boys, <laughs> like the sexy sax man. Uh-huh. Well, all and this that, and more can that, be yours. That, friends, is how you take Hazard, Kentucky. <laughs> even see it coming until it was too late all this and more can be yours with five dollars at patreon.com um go over there uh and if you do do that we'll see you on sunday and if you don't i guess we also might see you on sunday if you pirate the episodes which i support and then away, i guess my uh for those on the free feed we'll be off next week we're gonna be in nashville yes. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. Next week is one of the rare occasions where we are all booked up all week. Not with shows, but like me with personal shit. But we've also got a show in Nashville. So if you're in Nashville and you go to the show, you'll just get to see the the episode. You'll get to see it in person. But if not, I'm sorry. Uh, but I'm sure it'll be released at some point. Um and but we won't be do, putting out an episode next week. So thanks for reminding me of that. And is there any other announcements? I think that is it. Community announcements, community corner. When I was community, doing radio, they used, calendar. <laughs> they used to make you do the community calendar, and they would never update it. So you'd have shit from like nine months before. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. If you're in Lexington, Kentucky, not come to the borough to see Slut Pill and the local honeys. Mm-hmm. Oh, Maddie Dan rem- Carter's gonna be there. <laughs> that that reminds Maddie Dan Carter there. Just <laughs> go show him some love. Go give him a hug. He needs go a give hug. Give him a hug. Yeah. Oh man, um, that does remind me though us talking about that guy, the one guy who had heard of cancel culture but not COVID. Um, could you imagine the guy who? 
is is that same guy. He is just one thousand percent convinced that Russia will not invade Ukraine, just like <laughs> and like just like all these other pundits and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and he has to issue an, uh, issue an apology. Like he comes out into the real world, he looks around. <laughs> what the fuck? Or or like he's like. Um... He has the most batshit insane ideas about everything else, and so you discredit him. But he knew beyond a shadow of a doubt right. that Putin was going to invade Ukraine. <laughs> that was like his one thing he was sure on. But because he started talking about you know lizard people and whatever else, they wrote him <laughs> off as a kook. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening this week, everybody. We'll see you next time. Peace out.